and good afternoon, good morning, good night, or whenever you're listening to this podcast. This is episode 12, a holiday special, and my name is Dan. I'm Sam. And welcome to the DYK. And Sam, did you know that over 15,000 people get sent to the ER every single holiday because they are putting up Christmas decorations. Really? Yeah. Just people falling off the roofs, huh? Yep. Falling off the roofs, just like uh, Griswold in Christmas Vacation. Classic. Have you seen that one? I have. It's a pretty funny one. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for that, everyone be safe out there and, uh, you know, put up your lights, get all festive and stuff, but don't fall off. Yeah, my dad made me uh, go up on the roof. He's he's getting older, so I'm now the one that has the possibility of joining these 15,000 people. Thank you, Lewis. Yeah, don't don't end up in the ER, Dan. <laughs> okay, and for that, let's get the intro music. Thank you again for tuning in to Did Y'all Know DYK, a uh, special Christmas Eve episode we got going on today. I mm-hmm. uh, just want to remind everyone you can contact us at DYK underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email us at learn something at didyallknow.com and just visit us at didyallknow.com. And uh, Dan, Merry Christmas. Hey, thank you very much. Thank, Happy Hanukkah to thank, you. Thank or is you it so Kwanzaa? Much. It's Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa? Uh, well, yeah, that's that too. We sell her both. Actually, I think Hanukkah's over now, but it was great. We had a wonderful time. So is Kwanzaa still going on? Kwanzaa, I think, is the 26th. Oh. I don't know if it moves around. So fun fact about, did, did y'all know, mm-hmm. that Hanukkah changes dates every year. Really? According to the Jewish calendar. There's a Jewish calendar. We're, okay. cool, we're cool like that. You guys got your own calendar? We have our own calendar. Don't the Chinese have like their Chinese New Year calendar or something? Yeah. I think so, yeah. It's the year of the pig. I don't really know. No. <laughs> it's the year of octopus. I don't know. But anyway, thank you again for tuning in to Did Y'all Know. Uh, Dan has something very special for us today. While I was working... He had a glorious interview with a close friend of his. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I wouldn't even consider him a close friend. He he is now, I would say. Okay. But he it was is, an acquaintance at the time. He was an acquaintance at the time that I knew through a mutual friend of mine that I went to college with. And I was fortunate enough to be able to interview a UFC fighter. So mm. there's a lot of cool things out there. One of them being uh, in the UFC, which is professional MMA fighting, and it's under the organization of UFC. But you are going to learn all about Ultimate Fighter Championship. Uh, I think so. Okay, cool. I'm not entirely. I, that probably should have been in a question I asked. Well, let's go him. ahead and double check that. But keep going, yeah. Dan. But anyways, it was a awesome interview, and now Sam is going to actually hear the interview for the very first time with you guys. So. Sam, get ready for a lot of different action, some heat, some fist to fist, and hey, oh wow! Uh, quick recap. Yeah, let's uh, from, let's let's clear this up real quick. Yeah, so from last week's episode, we told you guys that I would get punched in the face if we earned a hundred dollars in donation. Well, I talked to the UFC fighter. He said he wasn't going to be able to do it, unfortunately, because maybe it violates a couple of things with the UFC. It's also, you know, uh, through his uh, professional fighting. He he fights. Um, he he fights for competition. For competition, not not for not for for monetary value. Well, kind well, of for monetary kind of for value. Monetary. But <laughs> well, but we will say that uh, one of our loyal listeners uh, 
actually DM'd us and said mm-hmm. that he was going to straight up pay 100 bucks straight up, not even not even the ten dollar minimum or whatever we were able to set on our website. He was going to pay ten hundred bucks just to see Dan get punched. And you don't even know the guy. No, I don't. This is just, I don't. A, just a listener. I, I think his name was Justin or something like that. Thanks, I did, Justin. I did actually DM him afterwards because I didn't see the message since you just read it and you did not reply to him. How about this? You Terrible send host. me $100 since I'm not under UFC contracts and I'll punch Dan. What do you think? Okay, we're not. Um, <laughs> we will consider other ways to raise money because uh, I'm all about raising money. I love to just raise money for anything. So uh, if we, if you viewers, listeners, people of the interwebs find something fun or stupid for me to do in order to raise some money, we'll do it. I'll do do it. We'll put, we'll put it on video. It'll be great. Why not? It'll be awesome. You won't shave your head again. I don't think Uh, don't do that. Why? Well, you you have have a head. You have nice locks. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll (laughs) shave my head, but I shave my head every week anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, so Dan, uh, how is this going to work? By the way, this is the second iteration of slice of life. mm -hmm, Absolutely. So what we're going to do is I already told you kind of the different categories of things we're going to go through, but we will start out with just one of his original, uh, we're kind of going to go in the timeline of the interview itself. So we are going to start out with Kyler at an early age and going against bullying. Let's go ahead and just ask you, how long have you been fighting for? Uh, since the day I came out the womb, man, I was a yeah. fighter. <laughs> We're all fighters. No, um, my dad put me in martial arts at three years old at the okay. Gracie Academy doing jiu-jitsu and competing and stuff as a kid, you know, doing jiu-jitsu, some um, wrestling. I did a lot of wrestling, freestyle Greco, judo state champion, jiu-jitsu world champ, um, boxing, doing some taekwondo and stuff like that. But I, I did it not not just for like self-defense, but it was self-defense. And my father, he is a crazy dude. And he would make me have these like sanctioned fights every weekend at parties and different places all of the time. At Literally, the park? At the park and jumpers and really? at different gyms, jiu-jitsu gym, boxing, some kung fu places, you know, at parties. He would just have me go against some... Some football player, somebody way bigger than me, older than me, and I just, <coughs> I just had to adapt, you know. Yeah. And being younger, it was like he would make sure I was getting tested, and he wasn't one of those athlete dads that's like, uh, like super, you know, super stressed out on the kid because he, he didn't get the play right, you know. And those kids, they tend to get worn out, and he never wore me out, but he made sure I was getting tested, and I had to, it, I had to evolve in, in my own way. And the first time I got picked on by this kid in the jumper and, you know, he was, uh, he was picking on me a lot and I was crying. I was in the third grade. He was in the eighth grade. And you were in the third grade? Yeah, I was in the third grade. He was in the eighth grade. And I'm in the jumper at this party and this kid's picking on me, like slapping me around, pushing me. I go to my dad and I'm already, I've been training, you know, jujitsu for a while. And he's like, just, and I was crying to my dad and I, he's like, just take him down. He's like, ankle pick, take him down, go to mount slap him when he turns his back put in the choke and I was like oh and I was like a kid and I just went up to the kid and I just took him down <laughs> I passed him out and I started smacking him he turned his back I put in the choke but I was so like anxious and, oh, and I was still crying I was squeezing squeezing he didn't know how to tap you know and like so I just hear snoring he just starts snoring my dad's on the side oh let go let go and he's just passed out and I'm just this kid like oh yes I, I felt the power you know but you know it could go one way or the other sure at that point it was just more about competition having fun so i was long story short i was never forced into it and i fell in love with it and i decided 
what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And uh, here we are now, 25 years old. And Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, okay, first of all, what, what a jumper? What is he talking about? Like a jumper? Okay, so there's different... We're talking uh, like, we're like a trampoline. We're, we're ta- no, we're talking about like <laughs> moves, you know? Like, I, I'm pretty sure uh, a jumper is like a move. Like, didn't he say like he put him in a jumper or something like that? Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. there's like different ways... I thought ways. that was like a, a cool term for like a trampoline or a bounce yeah. house. You know, he was like, <laughs> I, what, I, like third grade? Yeah, so. I put him into a jumper and then we jumped around and I just took him down. Classic. No, Um. so yeah, I believe it's like a, a sort of move. Uh, he was telling me that there's like different ways to like take someone down or have like a not a knockout but like hold someone until the guy says like you're done right, like you haven't he submits like yeah. it's locked okay and uh where is he from uh originally believe, uh, california he's from california yeah by the way this so his first name is kyler mm-hmm. um and his uh you said his fighting name is kyler matrix kyler matrix yep kyler like matrix. the movie uh, his real name is Kyler Phillips, and uh, like you said, he has been fighting from an early age. His dad kind of get it, got him into it, and uh, ideally, whenever he did get bullied, uh, whenever he was in the third grade by an eighth grader, he, he decided to use those moves, and he, he felt this, like, maybe this adrenaline or just, like, this rush of, like, mm-hmm. hey, like, I, I can use my body in order to, to defend myself, to protect right. myself, and to, like, discourage other people from picking on me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's just kind of how it got started. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, getting, especially when you're getting bullied as a kid, that's just, I feel like that's something that, you know, just kind of, it comes natural to want to defend yourself. And he happened to be already pretty good at it because he was going through his classes and mm-hmm. whatnot. And mm-hmm. so, okay, cool. Sounds good. All right. This is going to be, this is going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be good. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning about a little more about this. Okay. You know awesome. Um, the next one we'll uh, go over is the story of fighting uh, the TV show and winning his first UFC fight. All right, let's do it. Uh, I got two fights in the UFC, two uh, bonuses, and two fights in the UFC. So, um, kind of going off two of that, UFC, yeah. going off of that, when when did you start at the UFC? Like, I saw how, how did that all come to fruition? Like, were you approached? What did you guys have to like sign you up or something? No, no, no. So. The UFCs basically think of like the NBA or the um, NFL of MMA. MMA is the sport, UFC is the organization. Okay. So it's not I train UFC. It's more like uh, you got to get your amateur fights, get your experience in all different um, platforms, get a couple amateur fights. Maybe I had, I went 10 and 0 as an amateur and uh, all finishes. And then I went. What does it mean all finishes? Like you finish the person, like you knock, like not knock him out. It could but be like a knockout, choke, armbar, knee bar, toe hold, triangle. You know, a finish. You can either win by decision or by uh, by a finish. Okay. So um, in amateur, I had I was ten and zero, and then I also had as a kid I had like fights on the reservation, um, which was legal because in California they had to do fights on the Indian reservation for kids. Because you couldn't do that, it wasn't like sanctioned. Okay. Uh, and I also had pancreation fights and stuff as well. But then turned to a pro, became um, fought for a couple different organizations. Was like four and zero, and then won the old or won on the uh, contender series. Dana White's contender series got a 42 second knockout or 45 second knockout. Is that that's the one that he showed you? You showed him? No, no, no. Oh, that was okay. elbows. Oh, okay. And then... 42-second knockout. Yep. And that was 
on Dana White's Contender Series to see if I get a contract. But I got the knockout, everything was great, and I was like, oh man, I thought I was ready for the UFC. They didn't sign me, they didn't give me a contract. They didn't sign you? How they, long ago was this, like two years ago? No, this was a long, This I was 22 years old. Okay, so three, three years ago. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like a while. But yeah, they were like, oh, you need to go you know, get more experience. So then I went off. Then, you know, my head kind of got big, and I went on the Ultimate Fighter, I got on the show, and I was kind of going through, you know, some things, and it was like... What things were you going through? Uh, like, my, gra my grandma passed away okay. while I was in at the house, the fighter house, so it's a, it's a reality TV show where you can't, there's, you, don't, you don't see any girls, you can't have your phone, you just live in Vegas um, at this fighter house, and you're on a reality TV show and you fight people to... To advance to the next stage. And Interesting. So six weeks. It's like it's like survival, but with fighters. Yeah, and you could you could literally like put on a list whatever you wanted, and they went and got it for you like from the grocery store. Yeah, so it was it was fun, man. So cool. It was amazing. Yeah, that'd be fun. I met a lot of cool people on there, and I actually took my first loss ever. Um, mm. I was kind of just being an idiot, kind of, and uh, I kind of used my grandma's thing and not as I should have been more I should have been more like uh, fueled by it but I was yeah. kind of like I went up a weight class so I didn't have to cut as much weight I was like drinking you know oh you were above bantam weight yeah I went up to featherweight because I was the show and I was like drinking you know a couple nights and the night before um, I started cutting weight and I was just like not taking it seriously because my head was big I knew I was already technically better than everybody else and I lost a split decision, and I just—I I didn't even really get punched in the face, you know. I just—it was a very close fight, and. But they just decided that the other guy was the winner. Yeah, I mean, he—he he beat me technically on, on leg kicks, takedowns, and so he was adding—he was racking up points with those leg kicks and, and a couple takedowns, and that was the best thing that ever happened to me. So I went. Because it put you back in your place, and you're just like, I want to train harder. Yeah, right? and it, like it was just like. I learned not to listen to the voices of others. Like, whether they praise you or they condemn you, none of it never matters, you know what I mean, throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So after that, um, I went on and then I had a couple fights and then I got a fight for the LFA head kick knockout and then I got signed to the UFC. And then I actually fought in Virginia and that's where my grandma, because I couldn't see her when she, to go to her funeral, because sure. I was on the show. So just so happily, my UFC debut happens to be in Virginia, where she got buried. Wow, so and you got to go, like, Yeah, so all the, all the military and stuff. So I went out there, I put a show on, got uh, what was that fight of the night. And then I dedicated my fight to her. And there was a bunch of uh, fans around. It was crazy, right before COVID hit. So, oh, that was, so your first UFC fight was right before COVID hit? Yeah, uh, in February. February? February 29th. Okay. Cool. And it was amazing because like I was fighting a Brazilian dude and it was all the military and going in there with that energy, you know, yeah. it was like the, the dedication. Yeah, and I was on in the second round I was on top of the guy hammer fisting him, they're just going, USA, USA, just like, you know, the whole place was going crazy and you know, I'm it's it's like it's not like a team thing, it's just you. It's like this is the best feeling ever, man. So Okay, cool, cool. Okay, so Questions, so questions, questions. Yeah, so he's he's uh, he's Native American. Is that? Um, is that yeah, what he's saying? He was saying like he was on the reservation. I yeah. I, I believe 
Uh, if he's not Native American, uh, they maybe lived on a res- reservation at the time. Okay. Um, I, I don't have a clear answer on that one, but I would I would imagine uh, something related to that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then I guess for, you know, I kind of like did a little more research myself, I guess for those who don't know. So the UFC has weight classes, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, right. you have to fight with someone who's within your range Correct. of pounds, mm-hmm. poundage, if you, if you will. Do you remember what he was? Uh, so he said he that said? he was a featherweight, and then he went. No, he was a a bantamweight. He's a bantamweight, and then he. So he's still currently a bantamweight. He's still currently a bantamweight. Whenever he was on that reality TV show, he was fighting at featherweight, and so featherweight was one above him. Uh, bantamweight is around one thirty-five, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's what he typically fights at, and featherweight, I think. Um, I think it's like 160. So, okay. So I got it right here. Um, starting from the lowest with no minimum weight requirement mm-hmm. is a straw weight. Straw weight. That would be like, like me. Like you're like, you're a, like you're a scarecrow. I am a scarecrow. <laughs> and the upper weight limit for that is 115 pounds. That's pretty small. Okay. Yeah. That's that pretty is. small. Uh, so from there it goes to fly weight. Fly weight. Uh, minimum 115. Bantam weights, minimum 125. Okay. Feather weight is 135. Okay. Uh, then it goes lightweight, 145. Welterweight, 155. Middleweight, 170. These are minimums. Uh, then light heavyweight is 185. And then heavyweight is 205. So it would make sense for someone in bantamweight to be at the pretty much maximum you could be for a bantamweight itself. So like... Right. You know what I'm saying? So he, like, wants, to, he wants to be... The maximum for a bantamweight is one thirty-five, so mm-hmm. he wants to be like what one thirty-four. Yeah, so he doesn't much. have to go up the next. Right, right. Gotcha. Yep. But so then that's, and that's the whole thing about you know I guess like the cutting the weight and like I think I've heard I've heard things about fighters just like drinking like straight water or no I guess not drinking water mm-hmm. for long long periods of time so they can cut like water weight and right they can they'll weigh less and then get into a fight weighing more right around like three months before he like goes into his fight that's whenever he really like starts to like cut and like eat healthy just uh train hard and just kind of get to his proper weight mm-hmm. right before the weight gotcha that is beyond anything that i would ever want to do for myself could you imagine having <laughs> to cut like 30 he's i think he said he's typically around like 160 or 165 uh-huh. but then like whenever he fights he has to cut those 20 pounds 20 25 pounds pretty quickly i can't imagine no it's insane that's a, that's what a lot of weight to, to, to cut there absolutely and it, i thought it was pretty cool that um even though his grandma did pass his very first uh, fight was in the place that she was buried. Yeah. Um, in the same area. So, like, it, it was almost kind of like a... If anything, that probably just gave him some motivation to fight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know. to be your first UFC fight and, like, being able to go and just, like, fight in the same, like, area where you weren't able to actually, like, um, be at, like, for the funeral. Like, get to go and, uh, I guess, reconcile, like, reconcile, like what, mm-hmm. you, what you missed. Right. And then win your first UFC fight. Yeah. And then people are, like, screaming, like, USA. That's mm-hmm. got to give you like such a high. Just, oh yeah, just being able to like be there and just experience that. Absolutely. But yeah, so that was That's his exciting. first UFC fight um, that he won in February of 2020. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. What so, else we got? Um, let's see. Let's go on. Uh, do you want to hear about Dubai or um, his current record? Now let's do let's do Dubai. Let's just okay. kind of continue on. Being able to do that, and then I just got back from Dubai not too long ago. That was the second thing I wanted to talk about. So Kara told me a little bit about the entire experience where you had to fly to Vegas for what, like a week or so, and, uh, and then you uh, got, and then you went to Dubai. 
Yeah, so we all have to get negative COVID tests. And I got tested, I think. Six I, times, I think. I think six times okay. in, in the couple weeks I was there. Did my training camp. Uh, my opponent pulled out of the fight. Uh, this Chinese guy and and they didn't find a, another fighter for you. Yeah, so I had to get a new opponent. I hopped on the plane. Well, first we went to Vegas and we quarantined for 48 hours. Okay. All the coaches, everybody, and then we went on the plane. And I still didn't have an opponent, and I was going over to Dubai. And my manager's like, "Hey, you want to fight Cameron Else?" And I'm like, "Oh, let's go." I didn't even look him up. I was like, "Let's do this." And uh, so we get on there. Etihad Airways it was really cool first class flights wow and I was able to lay in this like bed felt like a king it was pretty cool man and uh, I got to to be next to Holly Holm in there and it was like damn this is it we're just sitting there go over all the way to Dubai quarantine for another 48 hours and then we were able to be on the island which was quarantined it was like a space so think about Yaz Island as a dome it's a bubble okay and we couldn't leave the island that yeah. bubble and it's like pretty much you see the same people, but it was an amazing time. We got to ride jet skis. They had like those jetpack things. Um, Did you ride one of those jetpack things? No, I was um, going to right after my fight, but we had to get back to the airport. Like okay. right away they flew out. Yeah. They also had like mats in the rooms so they could train in the rooms, the hotel rooms. Yeah. And, uh, is, it, uh, is it a USC I couldn't go to Ferrari World either. Oh, uh, okay, so he was on an island, and that was like kind of like the NBA bubble sort of thing. Yeah, right? it was okay. kind of like the NBA bubble. And like you said, they had to get COVID tests in Vegas and make sure that they were all right. clear before getting on there. But, man, first class to Dubai. Pretty good. That sounds pretty awesome. Pretty, uh, that's, that's pretty that's yeah. pretty luxurious. And keep in mind, uh, guess, guess this guy's age. 25. 25, you'd be correct, wow. unless you like looked it up or something like mm, that. But No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I don't know. See, I don't know much about about UFC it's not you know it's not you know I don't, I don't know I don't watch it too often but I mean I, I appreciate it for what it is mm -hmm. I, I don't know much but I do know that Holly Holm is a pretty big name female fighter that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so that's like you know just being sitting next to her that was probably a big reality check for him he's like oh look look where I am look what I'm doing that's pretty great I actually didn't know who Holly Holm was until you just said that like so well, there you she's, go. I guess she is pretty big she must be pretty yeah she's pretty awesome big. as far well, as I know I don't know let me kind of explain uh in regards to you said you don't know much you you about UFC mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily know either and uh so I had Kyler actually let, like fill me in a little bit about UFC and MMA mm -hmm. because MMA is the sport. UFC is the, uh, the what's what am I trying to say? Like is NFL? Like yeah, it's the is the league. The league. The right. league. So here we go on that one. What about is the UFC fight always in a cage? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's always cage fighting. So MMA is the um, MMA is the sport. sport name. Yeah, and they have MMA in like pride fc like you know there's a lot of different things back in the day where it was in rings there's like fights in the ring right in the, in the cage bigger cage smaller places there's like russian three there's like russian teams mma it's pretty crazy dude i think i've heard of that team mma thing which is pretty crazy mm -hmm. like imagine it's, a, it's like a brawl yeah it's an all-out brawl with multiple people you know you could just get sucker punched all over the place you know oh for sure and you know um in regards to getting like sucker punched and stuff like that i definitely did ask him just about like injuries and healing and stuff like that mm -hmm. and so i found out that he's he's gotten quite a bit of stitches oh really yeah yeah here. okay let's hear about yeah, it yeah check out this one 
You were telling me, um, tell me about the healing process of like if you get like a cut or something or if you like you get a concussion, like what's the protocol for a UFC fighter whenever something like that happens? Uh, you just have to make sure you don't have any injuries going into a fight. I mean, you always do, but after a fight, you have to get cleared by the doctor to fight again. You know, say you get you break your hand or you get a concussion or you get knocked out or you get sliced open. Like, you can't just go fight again right away. Sure. But there's a lot of things that goes between it, not just with injuries, but cutting weight, stuff like that. So, like, when you're dropping down from, you know, 160, 165 down to 135. It's like that's a process and it takes, mm -hmm. you know, six to eight weeks to do it right, you know? Now, so, do you try to like still eat healthy, but like you're just cutting on like calories what's at I'm that getting, point? No, no, when I'm getting closer to camp, you know, you're gonna start just eating clean and using few, food as fuel or recovery. And that's about it. And it's crazy, he's usually like around 160 165 but he fights at 135 so he's usually dropping like how, how tell not, your process but if of I'm close, that's a huge but fluctuation if, but if i know yeah. i've got fights coming up i will stay around 56. You then know, you drop all that only, weight from water weight right before right yeah well you diet say say an ideal cut i started at 156 yeah camp. i got six weeks i go and i start eating clean i'm doing my training regimen sparring training everything burning in calories and recovering too you know the nutrition is so important that you're you don't just like you don't just guess you don't just eat until you feel full like you eat the exact amount of calories that you need to get you through and it's satisfied but what also is going to help you recover because you don't want to just train hard and then not recover and then you got to go the next day yeah um, so then about two weeks out, you start cutting down on the, the carbohydrates and stuff to take the, you know, the glycogen and stuff like that. And you can um, get, you know, some pounds off with that. And then maybe about a week out, you're going to... I have a nutritionist and stuff now that do stuff for me, like okay. when like I was doing it. Kind of the same thing, but like a week out, you kind of cut out sodium a little bit and, you know, sodium retains the water. Have you ever met? But I had a pretty sick viral head kick knockout KO on LFA and I'm going to get another sick viral knockout that's coming up what's, pretty soon. What's LFA? Oh, that's just another organization. But oh, okay. Coming up soon, maybe March, I'm going to get I'm gonna get a viral knockout. Watch. It's going to okay. be sick. Alright, I'll hold you to it. Go tight. Um, how many stitches have you got? Uh, usually I get right under my eyelid or my eyebrows. I get these ones right here a lot. You get those a lot? Yeah. I don't know how many times. Oh, yeah, you can see the last one. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I didn't get actually a, a number of stitches, mm -hmm. but I could see where there was almost like scar tissue just really? like right above his eyes where like, you know, if you get sucker punched or like a hit to the eye, like it's mm -hmm. going to definitely bust open. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just... You know, just thinking about like just all the, you know, I've always wondered like why, why, how is it that UFC fighters don't end up just breaking their noses in every fight? Right. You know what I mean? I, uh, dude, I got a big nose and man, I would. That get thing's going to get in the way, thing. man. <laughs> oh, I, that's why I decided yeah. never to do UFC You're fighting. You're going to get that thing knocked off. Now, I don't have much. I can't, I can't say much because I also have a big nose, but <laughs> big, big nose crew over here. Right. <laughs> the BNC. But, um, but yeah, that's definitely interesting. That was actually something that I you know, that I was mostly curious about was kind of like the recovery time and mm -hmm. truly like how, 
you know, how detrimental some of these injuries can be and how much time you need between fights and stuff like that. And so that's, that's it. That's interesting. It's yeah, good. It's good abso- stuff. Absolutely. I'm um, learning a lot. That's good. why I don't have much to say because I'm just kind of sitting here like taking it all in. You got to just take it all in. You know? And I'm listening to this for the third time and I'm, I'm still learning. Still learning. Yeah. Still learning. But okay. So the next one I do want to show you, uh, this one is kind of important. And then we will also from there just kind of skip around and uh, just kind of like figure out what else I want to like show you okay. and everything. But this one's really cool. This is about him starting up. So he... Obviously, as a fighter, like as an amateur fighter, you're not getting paid a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy goes to college, and then he has to he decides to drop out, and with that came a lot of like a lot of um, problems because you're dropping out of college. He didn't have right. a car or anything like that. He he didn't really. He was know taking he, a massive step. Yeah, he was taking a massive step, a leap, and so this is exactly like what his his startup career was like. Now, I want to take you back to that because you said it's your only option. So, you were telling me earlier that you eventually, like, dropped out of college in order to pursue fighting. Yeah. Um, so, at that point in time, what happened uh, between you and your family and how has, how has that kind of changed since you've gone to being a professional at UFC? Well, there's always that period of not, like, doubt but where you feel it and I think when you have like a a problem that arises or a doubt that arises inside of you it's not necessarily bad it's just an opportunity to grow and I feel like I needed that feeling where I was like I have nothing when I you know dropped out and I was like I want to be a fighter but I had no plan of attack and you know I kind of got disowned from the family it was in another state you know I didn't have anything no money no no car, no job. What nothing. did you do? So I, I met up with uh, John Crouch and I started living at the fighter house and he let me live there for free. So there's a there was a fighter house that a bunch of you guys that are trying to make it yeah. ended up being in a house that got you got your rent paid for um, and then yeah. you were just you were there to train and get good. Yeah. So John Crouch and and he just took me in and let me live at the fighter house and who's John train Crouch? Is that your trainer right now? Yeah, he's my co- he's the head coach at the MMA lab. Okay. Um, he's also a black belt in jiu-jitsu and a hoist crazy. And um, yeah, man, just having people there. Like Hanshi too. Yeah, and, and then yeah, and then I, I met Hanshi and like he changed my life and the whole martial arts and the kudokai that became a sensei and that is like there's people in your life that's like they're gonna look out for you and you gotta like really keep those people around and you know especially after like getting in and stuff there's gonna be all these people around they, they want to be around your energy but I'm not saying they're leeches but like they can leech on you and it's like if they don't bring any type of positivity it's not necessarily that they're bad like that's cool but just keep them at a distance from what your profession is and don't let that you know hinder what's going on they need to add value so yeah anyways yeah Dropping out of college and no, not knowing what I'm going to do, but knowing that I'm going to be a UFC champion, and that's what I've been chasing after since I was six years old. On, on a piece of paper I wrote to my dad, uh, Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Abu Dhabi champion, UFC champion. Those three goals are my goals for life. 
Okay. All right. So he, he so he dropped out of college and he lived in a fighter house. A fighter house. Now I didn't have you, know those existed. So okay. So is this like a is it kind of like a Big Brother thing? Like what are we talking about here? Like you know, you, is it like a fighter fraternity? Pretty much. I mean, if you if you want to describe it like that, there's all different types of houses out there right now mm-hmm. that host these amateur or uh, you know. Um, inexperienced looking to gain experience like players yeah and it's i almost not, moved into a chess house yeah almost uh almost. but the queen's gambit she beat you didn't yeah, she? she beat me right to yeah. it yeah <laughs> great show check it out but <laughs> that is an awesome show mm-hmm. um so i want to say that because uh on tiktok right now there's this thing called like the hype house and it's just a bunch of tiktok creators that are all going going to a house to you know okay i know like yeah like pursue you, their YouTubers career like youtubers too, yeah. have their houses and everything there's also houses for uh esports players uh-huh. so it's houses that are paid for that they can live in so who then pa- who pays for them well it can be anything like for a esports gamer there's this house that's paid by rocket mortgage okay rocket mortgage like you know that that big name so mortgage that, so, company. so rocket mortgage is paying for that and are they getting money back from sponsorships that exactly from them or yeah i mean okay. like whenever they make content within that house itself like you could see rocket mortgage like on the wall and okay. everything is like a paid sponsorship by rocket mortgage so i would imagine uh it's pretty similar as to this where okay. the the coach and that brand itself was making money either through advertising sponsorships uh just some other way to get some income coming in so then they could train these professional fighters uh amateur fighters to eventually get to a professional level as to where that professional uh that amateur going professional now starts to bring in money towards the organization so it's a way for them to kind of get their jump start okay mm-hmm. and then he mentioned keto kai yes yeah so keto kai that will be the next one that we talk about keto kai is uh the type of fighting style and just uh let's hear what he has to say about it all right um okay so through mixed martial arts there are are there different fighting styles? Like you were saying that there was like some like wrestling. Some there are wrestlers. There are people that are more jujitsu, more strikers. Yes. Yeah. So we're not. So what's what's typically your fighting style? I know you like the the kick to the face. Oh the, yeah. No, hand. I'm a I'm a balanced um, fighter. My fighting style is Nikito Kai. Nikito Kai. Show your yes. tattoo or maybe. So Nikito Kai yeah. stands for it's it's the way. Knee is multiple. Ki is universal energy, Do is the way or the path, and Kai is participant. That's okay. Kai Matrix, you know? Kai <laughs> Matrix. Yeah, it's me, it's Kai. It's speed for you. Kai, that's me. And it's, you realize that there's, there's, uh, you know, many different ways to, what do they say? Cut a, no, <laughs> something about a cat. Wait, what? Skin a cat. Many oh, skin a cat. Skin a cat. Yeah. yeah. There's many ways to skin a cat. Yeah. yeah, and it's like there's not one way. You can't force somebody, and it's like I'm not going to teach you. People find their way, but that's like according to your body skill or your body mechanics. Whether you're tall or skinny, or say you're fast twitch, say another person's slower twitch. Uh huh. Say somebody, your brain it can adapt, and people have different mindsets. You, sure. Not everybody can fight the same and do the same thing, so you have to. You gotta adapt accordingly, for sure, and that's the type of fighter that is for the future, you know. Okay, interesting. I like that. I like that. Um, but the way, so the the path and the way, as long as you put that first, that energy will flow. Okay. You, know? you have to always have good intentions. You were saying, as yeah. long as you have good intentions, what the, best do, thing will happen. Do, yeah. the best okay. things will happen. The best things will happen. Let me start off by saying that every time I skin a cat, there's only one way I do it, and <laughs> it, I haven't found any other more effective ways. 
you have never skinned a cat. Okay, I, I hope I hope you never. Um, have. Okay, but uh, Nikito Kai. I, that's that's actually a martial art I've never heard of. Obviously, you know we've all heard of like the big ones mm-hmm. and stuff. But like I actually right. did a little bit of research and I saw you know there's I mean obviously there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of martial arts and stuff. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, he actually had this like giant tattoo of uh, it almost looked like a bunch of like different circles on his mm-hmm. on his leg, but it, it represented like Kido Kai. So it might be okay. a, a certain. Uh, words in right. a language okay but yeah that's what he kind of trains under okay and then like we were saying earlier his now this is not only is this his fight name but this is his brand right kyler his, matrix yeah, kyler matrix is his brand so okay um we did go into a little bit of a talk about that and just why he kind of chose kyler matrix itself so let's take a listen to what he said and then we can again review. Okay, cool. I got a, I got a question. Uh, you were talking about how you have like a nutritionist. I'm sure uh, you have like almost like a full team of people that help out you and like other UFC fighters, such as like the nutritionist, like the doctor and things like this. But do you have like your own entourage? Like do you have like in terms of like people that like your your friends or your group that follow you around and like oh watch, yeah like for sure for sure yeah Matrix is the, the biggest team so. oh yeah <laughs> so he does. Uh, now is wait is Matrix like your organization that you're within or did you kind of dub yourself Matrix her dad or his dad gave him that name oh yeah 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 for as when far he was as young nickname, but that's right. my whole thing though is yeah and there's a lot of correlations which is really cool between uh, the movie The Matrix and and in real life as well and it's it's in, cool like what that. like what's like what do you mean by just that? mentally you know uh, okay cons- constructing your mind and Red pill, changing the pill, way right? you think yeah and, and really believing and, and choosing and being able to like uh, there's just so much that goes into that movie and, okay okay cool well, that explains it. So it is is based off the movie. Yeah, it's it's Pretty based awesome. off the movie. His dad kind of dubbed him Matrix. Uh, whenever he was little, he kind of stuck with that brand. And he actually showed me uh, they recently submitted. He has his own LLC. It's called oh, okay. Kyler Matrix LLC. Gotcha. So anything that like he does, he puts it on that uh, that credit card and everything. And it's just like that's how he kind of lives his life is through his LLC right now. Okay. He, he is a business like his body and everything is a business right it's a business it's business by the way speaking of business um probably should have mentioned this earlier the reason why there's some background noise is because this was done in a public setting it was done in a business in a business <laughs> what business was it Dan? um we were in uh, downtown denton on the square at denton. this place called lsa um, yes okay have you, have you been to yes, LSA I have, before actually uh they have cool a place. really cool like rooftop bar mm-hmm. shout out to lsa because they were really cool with us just going and doing the podcast there but yeah that's why you hear children that's why you hear a plane flying over at one point um it obviously that was like what we could do with what we had at the time right yeah um honestly uh the audio still turned out pretty well yeah, whenever pretty whenever good. it came to like him speaking and everything which i definitely enjoyed but he did one uh he did mention the winning mentality and this was something that i thought was really cool so i'm gonna show you um the clip about the winning mentality and then also uh the tool shed analogy that he brought but okay honestly it was awesome stuff let's hear it so but I'm not really getting sidetracked. It's more of like a hobby and I have fun. And actually, if you can use it, it enhances my fighting and stuff as well. Because you get to like talk about what you're doing. You get to be more, you know, master of attack. I got the, the uh, studio, the podcast studio there. So I can like watch videos and study tape and stuff like that. And also just kind of train my brain and, you know, watch the way I think and the way that 
that you're feeding those thoughts. Something else too is about like ins feeding yourself inspiring thoughts when you go and compete. If you okay. want to be, if you want to be a winner, you, you got to win. Like that's the only thing you can think about. You can't think about. Oh, what if I lose? Yeah, what if this or that? Like you have to be like, I am going to and, win, or else. It'll be yeah, and you can't it's try to. And you can't try to force yourself to believe it because after a while, with just willpower, you're just gonna go back to, ugh, you get tired. I can't do it. Well, you need to place your belief and your faith in something that can never get taken away from you. And that's where, like, that's where, like, when people really have true success, is like, it's not them that they're they're putting the middle. You know. Uh, what is a day in the life of a UFC fighter? It. That's what's so cool is it's whatever I want it to be. Like I'm my own boss, and I get to. I mean, of course, I have coaches, and they're gonna coach me and stuff like that, and I go train. But like my body's like an instrument. I'm like basically just making music, and I'm the artist, and it's like. But you have to be very self-starting. You're very self-starting, like proactive. You have to be that way. Yeah. You're just naturally that way. Because too, you don't you don't compare yourself to other people or you're not playing the game of envy of like, oh, I'm trying to one up. Like even with like, you know, the the industry of fitness, it's like, it's just looking at other people and trying to get a bigger one, trying to get a, a yeah. better one, trying Social to Social media causes that. And when you do that, you're just doomed to fail because it's like, you're starting from the wrong place. And like when you have, when you're just doing it for yourself and you're being you, you're authentic and like, you can literally just play your own music, and it's uh, it's pretty cool, man. And when I go to fight, I, I'm bringing a big, I got my shed at home, and I'm bringing a big toolbox of all of these different, all these different um, weapons, like. Yeah. But not only bringing a bunch of weapons, they're all sharp, and I'm, you know, spending my time sharpening these tools. And you know, lately, even the other day, it was like, when you take the time to be detail oriented and to be creative and spend the time on one thing at a time don't try to go oh everything all at once and get stressed yeah, out we no. were just talking about that. I'm gonna focus on one thing at a time and I'm gonna clean say I buffer out my shoes I'm gonna clean those you know make them shiny I'm gonna take my time I'm gonna have fun doing it okay once I'm done now I'm gonna go to my sword and go sharpen my sword yeah once I'm done then I'm gonna go you know fix my helmet and my bow it's like if you try to just do it all at once you're gonna fail not only, well, you, they'll be kind of whatever, but it's like you're not, um, you're not having fun. And it's like you have fun when you just take the time, take a breath, it's okay, you got this. <laughs> and it's like having that belief of like, it's okay. Like, I'm not worrying that. about what yeah. these people are telling me around. Yeah. You gotta do this. Oh, you gotta, what if you get knocked out? What was it? No, no, They no, don't no. know anything. Look at, like, literally take the time, look at this dude, look, pay attention to detail. And I think it's really important to do that. I like that analogy. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good analogy. You you got your tool shed. He he goes to Hold his. On, I think I may have cut that off. Let me try again. Ready? Ready? No, no, you're good. You're good. I like that analogy. Oh, Is that better? Uh, can you like uh, give a brief pause and then go? It's a lot easier for. Okay. Oh, we're we keeping. The, we can keep this. Okay. Well, I like it, that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I can give it a little falsetto. Right. I like that analogy. That's a great analogy. It's a great analogy. Okay. okay. Anyway. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, he goes to his tool, uh, his tool shed. He sharpens his tools. It's like, you know, it's yeah. working on one thing um, and one thing only, uh, focusing on that, um, mastering it, and then going on to the other. If you're just so wrapped up in just being the best UFC fighter in the world, you're mm -hmm. not going to get there. Right. You, you have to train and just work on these different abilities, these different tactics. 
in order to get to that point where you can eventually know what you're good at right. and take all of those, put them in your little tool chest, like you said, or his toolbox and then go and kick the crap out of someone. Yeah. Classic. It's awesome. Yeah. Cause it takes, it takes more than just like one technique to beat a good fighter. I assume. Yeah. And I that mean, goes for like really any sport where you're facing off against just one opponent. You have to study your opponent in a way where you know all dimensions, you know, all dimensions of them, and then you find, like, that weakness. Right. You know? And at If one you don't have, a, like, a Phillips head screwdriver, and you need a Phillips head screwdriver to beat this fighter, then you're going to lose, man. Yeah, you're going to lose. So one thing that we actually haven't included in the podcast um, was whenever he was fighting in Dubai, what he realized was that there was this guy, the guy that he was fighting after the first round, he, uh, the guy had like a really good right hook, right. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so he, he learned that he's like, okay, so I gotta, I gotta make sure I use this sort of defense mechanism in order mm -hmm. to combat that right hook, because I know he has a strong right hook at this point. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's making sure that he took the right, uh, tools from his tool shed in order to combat that right hook. Right. It's like at work, Marcus has a, a really sick uh, slice serve and ping pong, and I know I've just got to tilt up a little bit on my on my forehand side, you know, and make a little drop shot, to the, you know, cross court. You know what I mean? It's it's, just, it's exactly like exactly that. Exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we got like a couple more minutes, so I want to show you. Uh, we I'm gonna show you the the UFC fighters. How many UFC fighters there are? Okay, and. I believe, um, let's see. Yeah, I think, I think that might be the good one. Oh, and, and I also want to show you how quickly he's like KO'd someone. So actually we'll do that one first and then we'll also kind of end it with the, the UFC fighters and him kind of signing off. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. What's the quickest you've ever knocked someone out? Um, I had a 15 second head kick knockout. Uh, was this, uh, was this, uh, one of your O and O like after your O and O series? Like, um, was this like one of your eight and eight and one record? No, no, that was actually one of my last amateur fights okay. for a belt. A belt? For yeah, for for. Um, Do you get to yeah. keep the belt? Yeah, that was for the duel for domination belt. Okay. That's pretty cool. Fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. That's pretty crazy. You know, it's we're at. It takes it takes longer for me to wash my hands. I'm gonna say like right now before we even finish this conversation, it'll be fifteen. It'll be fifteen seconds before we go to the next clip. Boom, done. Could you imagine just being knocked out in fifteen? I would have been knocked out in two seconds Probably. if I would have got that guy to punch me in the face. More than likely, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah, that would be. He would. He would have. He may have. He could have killed you. He said he would have put me in the hospital. Yeah, that would. We would. Yeah, we can't have that. I. I no. I could not have a black eye on this podcast. Well, it would just like. Yeah, because everyone would see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, 15 second and, uh, for the record right now, he is two and oh in the UFC whenever he was a, uh, almost like a, uh, I think like amateur, uh -huh. he was, uh, eight and one, but okay. then whenever he goes into UFC, that record kind of like resets whenever you, you become a professional. Okay. And so now he is two and oh, gotcha. two and oh as a UFC fighter. But yeah, so that one was like a, a previous fight where he just kick the living crap out of someone that's awesome and yeah, he gets right? to keep the belt that's cool mm -hmm. yep yep they get to keep the belt nice so uh last couple bits that we'll go over would be the words of advice uh self-promotion and then signing off and All then right. we'll get uh we'll take a quick break and then we'll get into our last little segment okay okay if there are any people listening that want to be a fighter such as yourself 
Um, what is one piece of advice that you can kind of give them? Um, mind and heart. You know, you gotta like, you gotta definitely follow your heart, and everything's got your. your the, the heart is so strong. Do what you love for reals, but don't just go like blind without looking where you're going. Like, you need to use the brain that you've been given. Like, educate yourself on what you're doing. Educate your mind about the sport. Don't just like not just sport, but whatever you do. Educate yourself, but also do it from the heart as well. If you just do it from the mind, you're gonna leave yourself in distress. If you just come from the heart, you're gonna be confused. Yeah, if you, you do be it because you want to show off, because you want money, or you're gonna fail. Yeah, but if your mind and heart connect and you're doing it what you love and you're educated about it, and they come as one. That's the balance and the center of life, and that's where the peace comes from. And as soon as you find, as soon as you put that, the thing that's most important in the center, that's when like that you experience that peace. And uh, yeah, that's that's my life. Awesome. Okay, so uh, I guess any last words that you want to say before we sign off? Uh, oh, uh, besides like you know, uh, do some self promotion such as your Instagram, your YouTube video that you're trying to, your YouTube channel. That yeah, you're trying to I'm, yeah, I'm coming up. Kai Matrix, man. K Y Matrix. Neo, Matrix. Neo's coming, man. <laughs> That's it. Kai Matrix on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then oh yeah, my YouTube channel is Kyler Phillips, and I got the Red Pill Blue Pill podcast, and I'm doing vlogs on there, podcasts, and instructional videos of many different things and bringing on not just fighters but a lot of different types of people so stay tuned check it out awesome okay well then well hey this has been another episode of uh dyk kyler thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your experience about the ufc um can't wait to see you fight in march uh i'll definitely be telling all my friends if there's no zombies by then if there's no zombies if we have COVID vaccines and everything you have to swim to an island if there's a zombie that's how you get away they can't swim oh they can't no uh in minecraft they can uh they can swim in minecraft yeah minecraft's not real dan (laughs) (laughs) all right brother yeah thank you very much appreciate appreciate it all right And there you have it, man. That That is uh, Mr. Kyler Matrix. Mr. Kyler Matrix. Yeah. And he's got his next fight coming up in March, so we definitely have to stay tuned for that. So, like, if you'd want to, like, watch that, like, what would you... Is that, like, a... That's not, like, a pay-per-view thing, right? Oh, he's not is. that big. No. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's, he's on the pay-per-view as the where... He's not the fighting... Uh, he, like he's not the the main. He's not event. the main event, but right. yeah, he's he's definitely on those pay per views. So like whenever oh. he went to the Fight Island, yeah, uh, he was the uh, uh, he was the fight right before the pay per view. Uh, oh. Not the pay per view. He was uh, the before event. the main event. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome, right? Okay. Cool. So oh, also I did uh, forgot to mention a couple of things. There are currently 232 UFC fighters uh-huh. uh, in the world. So yeah. that, under that organization, brought to you by Dana White. And then also uh, the other person that you heard on that podcast, her name is Kara. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Kara. She was a best friend in college. So thank Thanks, you so Kara. much for kind of like putting, uh, helping me put this together so then we could get this interview. Like awesome job with that. Um, thanks for working with the DYK. We appreciate it. That, yeah, that was a very, very informative. I had learned a lot. Like I said, I didn't know a lot about UFC and it was very, very nice kind of hearing you know, somebody talk about the, you know, someone just boots on the ground sort of thing. Like, Hey, boots I'm, on the I'm ground. you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm the thick of it and here's what's going on. Yeah. I actually, uh, uh, I DM'd him the, the other day because he had like a really cool, um, computer setup 
And I was wondering if we played video games. I asked him if he played Warzone, and I haven't got a response back. So really? I need, I need to. He's reach got out. a nice, nice PC. Yeah, it looks like a pretty nice what, PC. What kind of specs we're working with? Oh. We're talking RTX three, three, you know, thirty nine or specs. something like that. Big, big specs. Big, probably big it made specs. a lot of money. So, yeah. <laughs> um, also real quick, Dan, uh, you know, DYK, uh, Joe Rogan. Yes, he's also part of that UFC. Okay, I didn't know if you knew or not, but yes, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of people, yeah. well, I think a lot of people don't know that they probably they don't know. Okay, well then, uh, you know, this is also a fun fact for those who don't know. Joe Rogan was the host on a popular Fear Factor. Sh- Fear Factor, dude. Right. I recently like learned that like a couple months ago. I was like, no way, because I watched him all the time, mm-hmm. and I had no idea it was Joe Rogan. Yeah, uh, the best part about the Fear Factor, but the best part about Fear Factor was usually it was like the second the second stunt they did or the second whatever you it know was challenge. Like it was usually eating something Ooh, like they like they really took that one and ran cow balls <laughs> cow balls we're talking like cockroaches and I, that was it's so that was, gross that was the best part so gross. i'd eat a cockroach for for a hundred thousand dollars would you get punched in the face for a hundred thousand dollars for a hundred i would get i would get punched in the face 300 times for to get a hundred thousand dollars you heard it here first folks if we raise a hundred thousand dollars please please <laughs> donate us a hundred thousand dollars and punch me in the face 300 times that's fine that's yeah. fine <laughs> you would be like meat right probably meat and i would point. probably it would take like Gush, a year to year to heal but that's okay but a hundred thousand dollars but i got a hundred thousand dollars so <laughs> that's exactly what Kyler does but he hopefully doesn't get punched uh as much as uh, he, I guess the whole point is to, to like not get punched. Not get punched. Right? But then again, well, then out. again, like you have to understand. I guess you will get punched. That's why you gotta have mm-hmm. chin. You know, yeah, gotta have chin, boy. Yep, yep. So, uh, so, anyways, that is the interview itself. But we're gonna take a really quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna finish it off with our holiday special. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. And welcome back to after the break. That was a wonderful interview. Of a very interesting UFC fighter, Dan. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. Kyler Matrix. Everyone Kyler go look Matrix. him up on Instagram, follow him, or just, you know, give him his moral, uh, give him moral support whenever he goes to fight on next fight, yeah. March, in March. That's great. Awesome. Well, now, uh, Sam, we are going to lead into the Christmas, Christmas portion. special. For those who don't know, I'm Jewish and I don't celebrate Christmas, but and I, I do love Jesus and I'm Christian. Okay, take it easy. And <laughs> I I do I do enjoy the Christmas spirit and I do enjoy uh, Christmas movies. So Dan, tell me what your favorite Christmas movie is. Well, I think I should like ask you first what okay. your favorite Christmas movies are, and then uh, we could go into mine. Okay, well it's tied between two. Uh, one classic Christmas story. Wait, are we going? Are we going by like the 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 fir- like the third, second, first? Or I've got, I've got two, and that's it. You got two? Okay. All right. So Christmas story. Okay, Christmas story. I think it's 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 funny. It's like it's like warm. It's like you, you just I I you know I know it plays like all day long on Christmas, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm looking for. I work yeah, yeah. tomorrow at the fire station, so and it's gonna be Christmas Day, and that's gonna be on all day long. So that's gonna be cool. And just it's just you know it's just like it's just you want to get cuddled up in a blanket and watch that movie. You know, it's also got like a lot of different good quotes that mm-hmm. are still lasting like you'll shoot mm. your eye out okay i've got three okay keep you, going you'll now. shoot your eye out and then also whenever he has the the new lamp uh yeah the, the leg, new lamp the, the, leg, the leg, leg lamp and it comes and it says fragile but he goes like oh fragile it must be from france <laughs> must be from france and then also putting soap in your mouth that's the first time that i ever seen that, someone that, someone put soap in their mouth that is that happened to me Actually, you, uh, I've you've had, actually I've, had soap. I've had my mouth washed out with soap. Yeah, before. my mom would just like pin me down and put the liquid, like liquid soap in my mouth. Ooh. The same thing, like she say, like swish around. 
Yikes. And then just spit it out. Yeah, I had bars, so I said something bad around my godparents, and I had a bar so in my mouth. So. Oh. Um, but, okay, so, okay, I got three movies. One is Christmas Story. Okay. Next one is uh, Elf. Elf. Uh, Elf's classic, obviously, it's Will Ferrell. Cl- That's a great one. The I, best part of that movie is the Jack in the Box. Oh, whenever he's like, yeah, that's a classic one right there. Wait, I like it. I like the part like, bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. Yeah, hope you find your dad. Um, and then, uh, my third movie would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay, that is also very solid. That's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite part from it? Uh, I think the whole just lead up into light finally lighting their um. The lights. The lights. I'm just like trying yeah. to click it, and that's, it's like not going, and yeah, then it's like finally the whole the lead up for that is is pretty is pretty good. Um, and again, another just like warm movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, go ahead. You share those. You got some different ones. Or so what? I do. I do have some. I do have some other ones. So uh, the 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 one that comes in on number three, and actually I was uh, kind of throwing it back to the dab a little bit. I was talking to this girl about the three different top favorite Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. We were just talking and everything. Um, number three, Love Actually. Okay. Have you ever heard it? Mm, I've heard of it, but total, I've never seen it. Total, total chick flick, guys. Okay. And um, the only reason why I see it is because I have an older sister and a mother that love to watch it. And also my dad did too. Um, mm. So we always like watch that one uh, without a doubt. That's So that comes in number three just because it brings back uh, the feels. The feels. Yep. Yep. Gotta have the feels. Um, also, like, good songs in it. Okay. Uh, number two would probably be Christmas Vacation or Christmas Story. Okay. Honestly. Like, right. those are just... Tied. They're classics. They're classics. You, right? can't, you can't beat those. Yeah. Um, my favorite part from um, the Christmas Story, though, was is probably the Fragile. Like, fragile. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. just good. It's yeah. good content. And then going... You know, that was actually our tradition as... Okay, so our tradition... On Christmas Day, you know, back in the day when I used to live at home, our tradition, our Christmas tradition, being a Jewish family, was to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. And the great thing was that no one was ever at the movies. But oh, yes. nowadays, that is a totally normal thing for people to do. They've caught on. The, the <laughs> they're cri- on the, you the guys. Christmas goers. They've caught on, and now they're everyone's at the movies on Christmas Day. Not and as then, much anymore. And then we'll go to we'll go to a Chinese restaurant too, just like that movie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it was great. Chinese um, buffet. Also, Last Holiday. You you said you haven't like seen Last Holiday before, right? No. So that one is with Queen Latifah. It is okay, awesome. You know, she goes, she thinks she's dying, so then she just lives life to the fullest, like mm. during the last like holiday. The last holiday, <laughs> and I assume by the end of the movie, she does not die. She gets hit by a car. Everyone goes chaotic. It's so bad. Oh wow. No, not really. Oh okay. Yeah, no. She she figures <laughs> out that she's living. Um. So that's that's like my number two. I have like three in the number two slot. Okay. And then my number one, though, it's got to be Elf. It's got to be Elf. Okay, so I recently watched Elf um, whenever I went over for Thanksgiving. We, that's like immediately whenever we start watching Christmas mm-hmm. movies. Dude, I teared up. Oh, yeah. I teared up. How could up. you not? Like, whenever they're all singing in Central Park, and then you just see Santa fly over, and everyone just, like, looking, and then, like, this song plays. It's like, dude. It Man. brings back the feels. It brings back the feels. The the you feels. just start sobbing like a little baby, like a little baby. Um, leading to that, I I wish I could tell you what my top three Hanukkah movies are, but I don't think there is more than two at least. Um, I think a lot of them are like usually it's like man meets woman, woman's Jewish, man's you know celebrates Christmas or whatever. So, <laughs> but 
If I had to pick a few, I mean, I've actually, honestly, swear to God, never seen Eight Crazy Nights before. You've never seen Eight Crazy Nights? No. And, um, you know, obviously that's like, it's regarded as like the top Hanukkah movie. Uh, but uh, I have seen it's good. The Hebrew Hammer with Adam Gold Goldman. And, the Hebrew uh, Hammer. I don't know. That's I mean, that's kind of like a it's kind of like a Christmas slash Hanukkah movie, but that's great because it's just lots of Jewish humor that a lot of people wouldn't understand okay. if they weren't Jewish. So it's like pff, get at us, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And um, but that's you know that's that's a pretty good one. I, I recommend it. It's funny. How was your Hanukkah? Uh, it was good. So um, I don't know if I mentioned it yet already, but so uh, obviously those who don't know, there is a global pandemic going on, mm-hmm. and. Uh, AMC theaters have now started doing this thing where uh, you can rent out an entire movie theater. That's right. And um, if it's a movie that didn't just come out, it's 99 bucks and it's a max of 10 people. So 10 people can get together and, you know, throw in for $99 and they get a whole theater themselves. That okay. includes the price of the ticket for the movie. And then if it's a newer movie, it's $199. So um, what we did is we went to the Stonebriar AMC over here, pretty close to my place. And we, uh, it was like, you know, like eight of us or something. And my, my little niece was there. So we watched the Croods, the, the Croods, Croods, the new age. Oh, okay. Uh, pretty, was it, was it funny? It was funny. I actually, okay. re- I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoy like kids movies. I think yeah. they're really funny and they all tend to have like some sort of double entendres or any windows oh, that kind of keep the, keep the adults, yeah. you know, you know, interested. Um, but, um, would you it say was, it's a crude humor? It was it was crude humor for <laughs> sure, um, but it was a it was a cute movie. Uh, we exchanged gifts, and then they have like a dine-in thing where you can order food and kind of like a you know like a studio movie girl. Yeah, they'll, they'll bring yeah, you yeah. food, which is cool. Um, so we did that, and that was a lot of fun. And then um, yeah, so that was that was good. It was a really good time. That was like our Hanukkah this year. You know, okay. we just wanted to stay a little bit socially distanced. And uh, and then on uh, the twenty sixth is Kwanzaa, right? Uh, I believe so. I okay. think at least that's what my phone says. What is the difference between Hanukkah and Kwanzaa itself? They're is it not, all celebrating like the same thing? They're or? not. Well, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa are not related whatsoever. They're not related whatsoever. No. Is Kwanzaa always like the day after Christmas? I think Kwanzaa is more of a like traditional, uh, like African holiday. I think. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't really. You know what? Let me look at. Yeah, talk about some Dan. I'll, I'll and I'll get the gist of what Kwanzaa is. So, anyways, um. Christmas is all, ce- all about celebrating uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. But actually, did you all know that um, Jesus Christ was not born on December 25th? I just looked that up the other day. Um, I, I actually don't know whenever he was born. But yeah, that that uh, that happened. And also, uh, Coca-Cola uh, is the reason why we really have a nice picture of Santa Claus in store, instead of this like creepy-looking guy. Uh, back in 1937... Coca-Cola kind of helped rebrand Santa Claus to be this jolly old uh, fat guy that, you know, just loves to, you know, give mm-hmm. presents. Stuff give like presents that. and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, yeah. and he's got like reindeer and like a, like a workshop. Okay, so Kwanzaa is an annual celebration of African-American culture that is held from December 26th to January 1st. Okay. Culminating in a communal fest called Kamaru. Kamaru. Uh, or sorry, uh, Karamu. Uh, usually held on the sixth day. It was created by Dr. Maulana Karenga hmm. based on African harvest fest, uh, festival traditions from various parts of Africa, including West and Southeast Africa. Kwanzaa was first celebrated in 1966. Oh, wow. That's pretty recent. So instead of it being like uh, based off of like religious texts and stuff, it looks like it's just more based off of just uh, it's a cultural thing. Cool. You know, that's pretty cool. Um, Hanukkah. It actually, the you know, Christmas being a holiday that I would assume that is like probably one of the, if not the most important Christian holiday, I would yeah. assume. Uh, that and, you know, Easter. 
Right. Uh, Hanukkah is actually a very, very minor Jewish holiday. Really? Very minor. What's like the, the most popular Jewish holiday? So it's going to be between two. I would, okay, I'd say the most, the most important is, is Yom Kippur. And okay. Yom Kippur I've heard of that is one. like your, uh, your day of atonement. Like it's, uh, like asking God for forgiveness for your sins, you know, all, when the, it, whenever, all the tax evasion I've been doing this year. Yeah. Um, uh, but then, uh. But then a week later, or it's either a week or 10 days later, we have another uh, uh, very important holiday called Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. And that is uh, the Jewish New Year. That's when the New Year, that's like, that. that's... So that, does that happen in January? That's the New Year. No, those are usually take place in September. Really? Usually September. Like late August, early September. So do you guys... So, so the Jewish calendar is like totally different, completely different. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Yeah. So there's that. Ron, Ron, uh, what was that? Ram Kapan? <laughs> yeah, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Okay, I do see that like, pop up on my my Apple calendar. Yes, and everything. that is a very important holiday, and uh, usually, like as a family, sometimes we'll go to like synagogue and stuff. But the, you know, the bad thing about it is that you know you actually have to kind of like pay tickets for Yom Kippur because it's so popular. Because like a lot of people will come to synagogue who aren't like members of that synagogue. So okay, they gotta, like. People who are coming in, they're like, "Hey, well, you know, pay like a like a you know cover charge and come in." You know what I mean? I mean, I understand it. It's like our, t- it's like tithe. We don't have tithe, so tithe. Yeah. What is tithe? Tithe. Tithe. You don't know what tithe is? I don't know what and tithe I is. I do. Tithe is like the is like the uh, you bring the basket around in in church and that you give money to the church. Oh yeah. Well, like a little, little plate. I didn't know it was called tithe. It's called I tithe. Mean. Yeah. So uh, we don't have tithe or anything. So we like most synagogues have uh, memberships oh, to okay. be part of, just so they can stay afloat. Cool. You know, most churches have also get like they get like federal grants too. I think mm-hmm. and they're not they don't get taxed either. I don't I don't think synagogues get taxed either. Actually, I don't think any religious uh, uh, establishment gets taxed. Do you have that uh, the cap? The cap thing? Yeah, yarmulke. The yarmulke? Yes. I have I have, I have, have a few yarmulkes here in my apartment. I also have my... Uh, so a yarmulke is like the traditional like head... Not head dressing, but like just the hat that you're supposed yeah. to wear when you're in synagogue. You yeah. don't wear it all the time unless like you're Orthodox or something. But, okay. Um, or some sort of head covering in general. And then I have what it's called a talit. And a talit is like a ceremonial robe or shawl that oh. you wear to signify that you have been bar or bat mitzvahed. Bar, and you, so I have you have, here. I have one here. And yeah. how was your bar mitzvah? Uh, how was it? How was it? Oh, it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. It was so I did it when I was thirteen, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, it's like takes like six months of studying, um, and you read from the Torah like a specific portion. Okay. And it was my mom's portion, and it was actually this right here. You guys, um, watching? You looking? Yeah. Uh, right there. That's Hebrew, and that's uh, that's like Genesis one one, like in the being God created God, the earth. Yeah, so yeah. it's like that kind of correlates with all my space theme stuff. Okay, boom, nice. great conjunction. Wow, pretty cool, huh? Anyway, we'll stop about that in a second. But then, um, but then like you, you know, like you read from Torah, and then like all your friends are there, and then they eat, and then afterwards we went to Worldly Ball. <laughs> the, the classic thing to do after like yeah. uh, your bar mitzvah, yeah, you go we, to Whirly Ball. We rented out Whirly Ball, and it was really fun. And I got kicked out of both Whirly Ball and Laser Tag, and it was my bar mitzvah party. Ooh, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. I bet you were uh, a little thirteen-year-old little angry person. Not not an angry person. Well, you know, I was just I wonder, like, you know I was like a rebel. Yeah, you know that's what I, mean? I was saying. You're yeah. a little rebel. Um, I was trying not to curse on this. Or oh, I did the other day. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, but leading into that, speaking of, um, 
you know, space and stuff. The Great Conjunction. Have you heard of that? No. The Great Conjunction uh, is the time of the year, which well, it doesn't happen every year, but it's time of, I guess, in history. Okay. Um, and it's happened a few times, but uh, where uh, Jupiter and Saturn, our two largest planets, will come close enough to be able to see them both like together in the night sky. That happened recently, right? Yeah. Like on the 21st? Uh, It was like, like yesterday or something day before yesterday it was like 22nd or 23rd where it was like closest wow. where it would be the closest so people were getting um i looked it up and it said that it's happened like multiple times but i've also heard people state that it there i've also read that it hasn't happened um in a while in like 800 years yeah so the, so if that's the case the crazy thing about it is that that people are getting photos like tell like telescope photos of Saturn and Jupiter being right next to each other. And that has never happened ever in human history where we've had that photo. That's, that, that's that, awesome. Unless it was doctored in some way that is, that photo has never been taken before because we didn't have cameras 800 years ago. So, have you seen these photos yet? Yeah. Ooh. And they're great, you know, and you know, they, they look like they're right next to each other, but of course Saturn is, is much farther off yeah, like uh, than Jupiter three is. more miles or something like that. A little more than that. But, uh, <laughs> You know, so that's uh that is a super that's really really cool. Um, you know, I've always been it's always very awe inspiring to look at like, ast- you know, astrophotography yeah. photos of planets because, one, they're incredibly far away, and two, you know, it, the I actually think the better ones are the ones that are kind of blurry because it kind of just shows that like it's just very it's far like away. a it's a silent watchman floating, oh, yeah. floating through the void, and it's just like it's just like it's just there. You know, it'll always be there. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating. You know what I mean? Space definitely uh, gives you like a little bit of a hard on, I feel like. It does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, purely in a sexual way, yeah. yes. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's just fascinating. I feel like most people, I think, I think most people just kind of like put off space in the back of their mind. They don't think about it, but. we got a lot it, of problems here on earth that if we you want, uh, yeah, try to take care of. If you want to have an existential crisis, learn more about space no great yeah it's awesome <laughs> you know it's like you know it's just we're we're small specks of dust um in a large large you know we're, we're, we're nothing we're very very small we're we nothing are. so therefore any problem you have out there listeners it doesn't matter because you really are just nothing we are so irrelevant <laughs> to the rest of whatever it, exactly our our problems aren't they don't mean anything no nope. so in the grand scheme of things if you put it like that so you ever seen the picture of the the pill blue dot pale blue dot yeah so it's a picture that was taken by i don't know like cassini or voyager or something like that where they were like really far away like okay by like you know i'd say over there by saturn or something like that um and they turned around they turned the craft around and took a picture of earth from that far away oh and it truly is just like the picture is just a black box with a few like you know little light light rays or something like that but right in the middle there you know you can see a small tiny speck of blue and that's just, us. It's tiny. And that's us. And that just like everything you've ever known, everything humans have ever known, everything you've ever experienced, you've seen, you've watched, you've read is on that tiny little speck. Yeah. It hurts my head. Yeah. Pretty crazy. For that, well, I uh, anyway, so that was a wonderful slice of light, Dan. Thank you for interviewing our friend Kyler Matrix. Check mm-hmm. him out, uh, up-and-coming UFC fighter. Um, and thank you to him for giving us all the information. Um, and uh, thank you for not punching Dan. Yeah, I like him, I like my face hospital. how it is right yep, now. Yeah, we don't want to get that rearranged. Nope. Um, but uh, for that case, we wish you guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and a Happy Kwanzaa. 
and a wonderful festive season and a wonderful new year. So uh, we'll uh, we'll be back, we'll be uh, back next soon. year. Next year, we'll, I think we'll take like a week off. Or we're something. gonna take a little bit of week okay. off. We'll see you in 2021. Hopefully, it goes a little better than 2020. We think, Dan. Uh, no, it, we're we're <laughs> just on the downhill still. Okay. it's not gonna not gonna change. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay, well, happy holidays, everyone, and happy New Year's. Goodbye.